Today on Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Ballmer, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne in Melbourne, Florida. One of the great dangers, one of the things that happens so often that's discouraging to all of us in leadership is the many people that start well, but a year from now they're not here. Two years from now they're not here. Here we have a a young guy who is doing full on for God in his eighth year, his twelfth year, his eighteenth year. Boom, boom, boom. What's the key? The key is perseverance. During a time of crisis, whether it's personal, a tragedy in a community, or a national disaster, for a while after, the pews of churches are often filled. When the initial shock and grief die down, those people disappear. Why don't they return? Often, it's because they're not hearing the word and understanding it in a way that they can apply to their lives. A conversion requires transformation, but if a person doesn't see a need to change, they won't seek to. The Word provides every answer and motivation for living life under its authority. As we'll see today, the promises and guidelines found within the Bible are timely and relevant for everyone. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of 2 Chronicles, chapter 34, verse 1, with part one of our message entitled, The Word is Alive. Question number one. Why does the earthworm always look clean when you consider where it's been? Number two. How does the butterfly with new formed wings never been worked know how to fly immediately? Number three. Where does the spider keep all its thread? And who put the web pattern designs into its head? Number four. How does the ant carry twice its size and know it should store for the winter? Who made it so wise? There's only two chances for you to guess at this. It's either all the answers to those are totally by chance, Or the other answer is, totally by God. That's all. It's not multiple choice. Either the earthworm always looks clean, we don't understand that. I mean, I can't do that. Can you in your gardening? How how can that happen? It's either by chance, or it's by God. No matter what anyone says, we were created by God to know Him. Instinctively, we know in our hearts that we were made to worship God. We may not understand exactly what that is, but we know apart from God, something just isn't right. There's that emptiness that God has created in every human being. In fact, the book of Romans tells us when we look at some of these things, I mentioned that nature, we know it's not by chance. When you go out tonight and look at that gorgeous moon that's out there, 
You know it isn't by chance. It's by God. Now, yet people question whether God's word that we're going to study tonight is really from him. The reason they question it, because its power, if believed, will transform any life. That's the privilege we have of studying God's word together. Now, certainly they've been influenced, our world, by the lies and the deceit of Satan. We'll share with some principles of that as we go through tonight, some statistics since then. One writer said this, and I loved it as I was studying the last couple of weeks. After all, if God is God, then couldn't he write a book that is without error? Well, of course he could. And he did. And that's the book we're studying. Remind yourself tonight that God wrote what we're studying. It's not man. It's not humanism. It's God. And it's all true. Second Chronicles 34, 1. Now, Josiah was eight years old when he became king. And he reigned in Jerusalem 31 years. And he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord and walked in the ways of his father David, not turning aside to the right or to the left. He didn't turn aside. He took his eyes He focused him on what he knew he should do. And I think it's very neat. That's something that I would like to be said about myself. Many people get sidelined on their walk with God, either to the right or to the left. Somehow they they lose the, the center of God's will. Now, Satan is always out to get us to move off dead center. What does it mean to go to the left? Well, in our generation, in our kind of society, going to the left would mean this. Liberal, living on the edge, always lukewarm, playing around with the things of God, trying to walk with one foot in the world and one foot in Christ. You don't want to do that. As we start a new year, just maybe in your devotion book, as you're writing down, just say, God, every day, just keep me right in the center of where you're going. I don't want to be this liberal person. And man, do we have so many liberal Christians today that just actually play at their walk with God. Well, that's one way that Satan can get us offline. And the other way is to the right. The right would resemble legalism, bondage, no grace, trying to keep the law, condemnation. I don't want to be that kind of a person either. Well, how do we walk in the center of his will? How can we keep from going to the right, to the left? Well, number one, I believe we do that by following his word, which we're studying tonight, Secondly, by looking at the life of Jesus. And I challenge you every so often this year, just read a gospel. Because the gospels give us a picture of Jesus. You need to remind yourself of that. Third, remember that if you're going to keep in the center, you've got to be in his power, not your own. Right smack in the middle. And then it's got to be 24-7. Now look at verse 3. In the eighth year of his reign, while he was still young, he began to seek the God of his father David. In his twelfth year, he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem of high places, Asherah poles, carved idols, and cast images. What a great principle. 
at a young age. In his eighth year, while he was still young, he began to seek God. We share a little bit about children and our goals here at the church. We believe it's important that children at a young age come to know that following Christ is the most important thing they can ever discover in their life. And we have the privilege of doing that. And thank all of you that are working in our kids' ministry. Thank you, parents. Being able to have a quiet time, a devotion time with them. Something that's exciting that you can, you can just share the Word of God with them. You see, sometimes it's amazing to me how, I guess I'll put this just as straight as I can, how stupid we can be in the church. Where did these Islam fundamentalists, where did most of them begin learning this radical walk? Wasn't it 97? You remember seeing it? It just shocked me when I saw some of the pictures of these little kids just reading the Koran, just reading it. That was all they're doing, morning to night, reading the Koran. 8, 10, 12. Well, guess what? They understand that children are impressionable. We need to make sure we grasp that in the church. That's why we have Sunday school for our kids. That's why we have a Christian school for our kids. It's important that we understand in our homes, in the church, we have to be impacting our kids for Christ. That's why we're here. So he's, in the eighth year, he's doing this. Twelve years later, he's still growing and moving on with the Lord. Verse 4. Under the direction of the altar, the bells were tore down. He cut to pieces the incense altars that were above them, smashed their Asheroth poles, the idols and the images. These he broke to pieces and scattered over the graves of those who had sacrificed to them. He burned the bones of the priests on their altars. And so he purged Judah and Jerusalem. In the towns of Manasseh, Ephraim, and Simeon, as far as Naphtali, and in the ruins around them, he tore down the altars and the Asheroth poles, crushed the idols to powder, cut to pieces all the incense altars throughout Israel. Then he went back to Jerusalem. He's a busy guy at a young age. In the 18th year, so we see his 8th, we see his 12th, we see his 18th year of Josiah's reign to purify the land and the temple. He sent Shaphan, son of Azaliah and Manasseh, the ruler of the city, where Joah, the son of Joahaz, the recorder, to repair the temple of the Lord, his God. So he's still going strong in what year? His 18th. Now, what is that a key of? One of the great dangers, one of the things that happens so often that's discouraging to all of us in leadership is the many people that start well, but a year from now they're not here. Two years from now they're not here. Here we have a a young guy who is doing full on for God in his eighth year, his twelfth year, his eighteenth year. Boom, boom, boom. What's the key? The key is perseverance. Turn with me to the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, would you? Perseverance. Sticking with it. Staying the course. What a great principle. You see, some of us might say, well, I, Pastor Mark, I've, I've been going longer than 18 years, and there's no threat of me dropping by the wayside. You're already in trouble. Yes, there is, because the enemy never gives up. He's always going around like a roaring lion. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, 
Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off, notice I have to do this, let us throw off everything that hinders. So as you look at your life, there's some things that are good things, but they're not the best things. You have to evaluate those. I can't evaluate those for you. You have to. We're to throw them off and the sin that so easily entangles. If there's something weighing you down in your life, whether it's just bad priorities or if it's actually an area that you always go back to, you're always having difficulty, it's a sin area, you need to get rid of it. Ask God to help you. Get rid of it. Notice, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Every one of us have our own race that God has designed. It's all different. Same principles, but how he deals with us, the gifts we have, the abilities we have are all different. That's why the Bible says, I'm not to look at you, I'm not to look at others and trying to compare myself. Because I'm, I'm not on your race. I have my own race. And God's equipped me, but I have to keep my race going. Now, perseverance. I have to stick with it. How do I persevere? Verse 2. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author, the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him, endured the cross, scorning a chain, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So how do I help with this perseverance in my life? Just as you saw, I keep my eyes on Jesus. And how is that? That's going back specifically, I think, to the Gospels. And I think it's encouraging to you to remind yourself, just once in a while, go back, take a few hours, read through a Gospel. Take a look at Jesus. Look at the pattern he set forth. Keep our eyes on him. He persevered all the way to the cross. All right, back to Second uh, Chronicles verse 9. They went to Hilkiah, the high priest, and gave him the money that had been brought into the temple of God, which the Levites, who were the doorkeepers, had collected from the people of Manasseh, Ephraim, and the entire remnant of Israel, and all the people of Judah and Benjamin, and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Then they entrusted it to the men appointed to supervise the work of the Lord's temple. These men paid the workers who repaired and restored the temple. They also gave money to the carpenters and the builders to purchase dressed stone and timber for the joists and the beams for the building of the kings of Judah had allowed to fall into ruin. This work is going on. The money's being collected. Of course, the people are giving it. You see excellence there in verse 12. The, the men did the work half-heartedly. So it says... No, they did it faithfully. In other words, they did it with everything that they had. Over them, to direct them, were all of these guys. You can read all of their names or whatever. They were skilled in playing musical instruments. They had charge of the laborers, supervised all the workers from job to job. So they had people doing the work. There was quality work. There was supervision needed. Some of the Levites were secretaries, scribes, doorkeepers. They knew Microsoft Word, whatever, and they just kept up with all the stuff that was going on. So it's no different in those days than it is now. Just a lot of busy stuff. And at church functions by all kinds of people fitting in and doing all kinds of work. Well, that's how the whole body functions. With all of these kind of volunteers in all the different areas of ministry. It's the very same thing as you see being done there. Now, while they were bringing out the money that had been taken into the temple of the Lord, 
Hilkiah the priest found the book of the law of the Lord that had been given through Moses. And Hilkiah said to Shaphan, the secretary, I have found the book of the law in the temple of the Lord. And he gave it to Shaphan. So while rebuilding, doing this reconstruction job, they discover a copy of the law, which had been discarded or put under the rubble, or we don't know really what. Now, what was this? It either could have been uh, all the Pentateuch, the first five books, or it could have just been, and we have a little figure about this because he talks about the curses later, it could have been just one of the books, the book of Deuteronomy. Notice what has happened to this. Why are they having to rebuild all of this? Because the word of God was absent from their lives. There was no word of God, so the whole nation went down the tubes. Does that give you a picture of what's happening in our country? Ever since prayer in the Bible has been taken from our schools in this country, we've gone downhill rapidly. No difference. Uh, keep your finger there quickly. Turn back to Proverbs 29, verse 18. If you have the King James, it won't make sense. So King James is not right in this one. New King James is good. NIV is fine. Proverbs 29, 18. When you get here, it talks about, tells us tonight, what happens when people abandon God's word? What happens? The reason I say the King James is because they use the word vision in there. Where there is no vision, the people perish. It's a great principle. I like it. It is true, but it's not what this verse means. Proverbs 29 18. Here's what it really means. Where there is no revelation, in other words, no teaching of God's word, what happens? The people cast off restraint. See, that's for those people that say this. Well, basically, I'm a good person. I don't need any correction. I always do the right thing. No, we do not do the right thing. In fact, we do exactly the opposite of that. And this verse says this, watch. If there's no revelation, the heart of man is deceitfully wicked. And he always goes the wrong direction away from God. So that's what happens. Notice the rest of this verse. But blessed is he who keeps the law. So this just says when God's people abandon the word, they eventually do what? Go right back to their old sinful ways. And that's exactly what happens. Now, what about today? We're reading about Josiah. They find the, either the book of Deuteronomy or the Pentateuch. They, they find it. Their whole society has been in idolatry, totally destroyed. They're kind of reestablishing it all again. So it was true when it was lost. They went back to pagans. They went to their old self. What about today? Since September 11th, the percentage of people buying Bibles is up incredibly. But the latest survey on those people's reading the Bible is the very same amount that was before. Is that a problem? Well, sure it's a problem. See, because they have it, they wanted something close to their heart. But they're not reading it. Now, one of the reasons they're not reading it, they don't understand it. And they don't understand what's in it. They don't understand how powerful it is. Well, what does the Bible tell us about reading it? Here it is. 
Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3. You will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast because he trusts in you. Well, how, how can I have peace? This is how you get rid of depression. You keep your mind stayed on God. He's the Prince of Peace. It's all going to turn out all right, isn't it? Isn't it? Well, sure. Some of you are going, yeah, yeah, sure, it's going to turn out all right. Sure it is. And we're on the winning side. It's going to turn out all right. It's important that we understand that. Now, as you think about this, I was listening to Louis Palau. Listen, I had the opportunity to meet with a dozen ministers near a city where I was involved in a crusade. To say I was shocked by our discussion may be a bit too strong, but I was certainly surprised by the serious differences of opinion we had on some basic questions. At least half of the ministers involved in my crusade did not accept the Bible as the authoritative word of God. One half. And they're out with a revival. One half. Several said they believed some scripture passages were erroneous. Even more astonishing was their admission that they were uncomfortable with portions of the Bible, so they simply rationalize away those portions as they have determined are unscientific. Is it any wonder that in certain parts of the world the Christian church staggers? Who wants to listen to ministers who don't believe the Bible is the Word of God? Where is their authority? Where do you draw the line between what passages of the Bible are inspired by God and which are not? Because they seem to be too unscientific. That's where we live today. That's the society that we're in. When they come to something that doesn't seem right, can't be right, couldn't be correct in God's word, we just scratch that part off. Now, turn with me to Second Timothy, chapter 3. When they found this word of God, you're going to see in a moment, it changes their lives. It brings them back to this plumb line you're going to hear me talk about in a moment. It, it just brings them back to a place, a standard in their life. You know these verses, but I think it's important for us in this day and age, where we're at, to understand why we just go through the Word of God, why it is applicable, why we can have fun doing it, why, why we can be challenged doing it. Second Timothy 3.16 All Scripture is... What breathed? That is a profound statement. It's not the word of man. It's not man's ideas. It's the word of God. God breathed it out. Now, how much did he breathe out? What does all mean? When you were a little kid and your mother put peas on your plate. And she said, before you can have dessert, you have to... Eat them all. How many was all? Now you want to leave three or four. What mom say? That isn't all. You either eat them all or you don't get the dessert. Well, we ate them all. Mashy peas and all just to get the dessert. Well, how much is all? Now, if you're going to say it isn't all, very interesting question. Again, this isn't a big deep discussion tonight, but just think about it. If it isn't all true, where do you start and stop? What are your criteria? And who are you to decide the criteria? See, this is the problem. In the message today from Second Chronicles, we saw how King Josiah was a young man when he began to seek God and continued his devotion to the Lord throughout his reign. 
Pastor Mark spoke about the reasons that people flock to churches on holidays or times of distress, then leave just as quickly, because they're not hearing the Word and understanding how to apply it to their lives. Keeping the Word close keeps us from sin. Pastor Mark covered quite a bit in today's message. Perhaps you'd like to review. You can listen to today's message again by logging on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Just select today's date from the media player. Or you can also call us toll-free. The number to call is 866-779-3441 to place an order for a CD. Again, that number to call is 866-779-3441. Another way to get in contact with us is by email. The address is info at LessonsForLivingRadio.com. That's info at LessonsForLivingRadio.com. By far, the best way to stay current with everything that you hear on Lessons for Living is to subscribe to the podcast. Subscribing is easy. Just follow the link at LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Now, be sure and tune in next time as Pastor Mark comes to the part of Second Chronicles 34. When a priest discovers a copy of the law and brings it to King Josiah. The word is the authorized roadmap of life, and Josiah will see that the people and the fathers of the land haven't kept all of the Lord's commandments. Most people living today do not see the Bible as the authority in their lives. We'll see why that's a dangerous view. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right.